Amen. This morning, we are going to continue in our series that we've been going through on a Sunday morning, which is all about the Holy Spirit. We've been looking about the, at the Holy Spirit over these past few months at the start of this year, because we're believing as a church for a year of power. We long to see the power of God moving in our midst, and we know that comes as we invite the Holy Spirit into our hearts and into our lives. And this morning, we're going to come to the final part of this, this little uh, group of messages in this series called, uh, What is the Baptism in the Holy Spirit? And we've looked at three parts, and this morning we're going to come to part four of, What is the Baptism in the Holy Spirit? And if you have a Bible this morning, can you turn to Acts chapter 8? Acts chapter 8, and we're going to read from verse 14 to 17, and it's, it's going to be up on the screen behind us as well. Acts chapter 8, verse 14 to 17, and then reading from the NIV translation. What is the baptism in the Holy Spirit? And it says, When the apostles in Jerusalem heard that Samaria had accepted the word of God, they sent Peter and John to Samaria. When they arrived, they prayed for the new believers there that they might receive the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit had not yet come on any of them. They'd simply been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then Peter and John placed their hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. Now over the last few weeks we've been looking at four different passages from the book of Acts where believers, that early church, as the church, was, uh, as the church began, we look at these four different passages of scripture where believers were baptized in the Holy Spirit, where the Holy Spirit came and was poured out upon all these believers. And this is one of the passages that we've, uh, that we've just read. And from those four passages, as I've shared, there's six things that we have learned and that we have discovered about the baptism in the Holy Spirit. The first thing was that the baptism in the Holy Spirit is something that we can feel. We can feel God's presence. The baptism in the Holy Spirit isn't just a theology or something that we learn about or get a head knowledge about. But when we ask the Holy Spirit to come and fill us, we encounter the presence of God in our lives. The second thing that we learned is that the baptism in the Holy Spirit is a sec separate experience to salvation. When we ask Jesus to come into our hearts, he comes and lives in our hearts and confirms that we belong to Jesus through the Holy Spirit. But the baptism in the Holy Spirit comes as a separate experience when we ask God to come and fill us, to empower us to live this Christian life and to be effective witnesses for him. And so maybe you're here this morning and maybe you feel like your Christian life is, is lagging a bit. Maybe you're struggling in your walk with Jesus. Then I encourage you, ask the Lord to fill you with his Holy Spirit. Because that will take your Christian life to the next level. You'll begin to discover what God has really called you for. You'll begin to have a new hunger and a heart for the Lord. So that's the second thing we learned. The third thing that we learned was that the, uh, the first initial indicator that someone has been baptized in the Holy Spirit is that they would begin to speak in other tongues, as the Holy Spirit gives us an utterance. So when we are baptized with the Holy Spirit, the initial evidence is that first of all, we'll begin to speak in other tongues. And then finally, last week, we looked that the baptism in the Holy Spirit uh, we, is, we can, lay on uh, we can lay hands on people to receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit, and that's powerful. That's vital. We believe in that as a church, that, that those who are, are called in leadership, those who are filled with the Holy Spirit can lay hands on others and they can receive the Holy Spirit. But it's not essential. You don't have to wait just to come to church to be filled with the Holy Spirit. You can seek the baptism in the Holy Spirit anywhere at any time. 
I saw this morning, I apologize, that was a bit of a longer recap, but, but this morning we're going to come to the final two things that we learn uh, that we need to know about the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And the fifth thing that we'll learn about the baptism in the Holy Spirit is that the baptism in the Holy Spirit was a normal and expected experience in the New Testament. It was a normal experience in the early church. It was expected in the early church that if you surrendered your life to Jesus, if you belonged to him, and you were baptized uh, in water, and you made that public declaration that you were now following Jesus, it was a, a normal activity. Now that's happened, that you were going to receive the Holy Spirit. And that's something that the early church encouraged, that the apostles encouraged, that now you've been filled with the Holy Spirit, we're going to pray, that you've been baptized and you belong to Jesus. We're going to pray for you to receive the power of God. We see that in Acts chapter 8, verse 14 to 17, that we've just read this morning. The apostles, they showed up in Samaria because they heard that God was moving. And it's interesting, isn't it? The first thing that they did was to make sure that everybody had received the Holy Spirit. Even before water baptism, which is quite interesting. We think sometimes that somebody has to, once they surrender their lives to Jesus, they have to go through a discipleship class and then get baptized in water, and then they can receive the Holy Spirit. But actually, what we read in Scripture is that it was a priority when God was moving that actually we need to make sure, first of all, that you are filled with the power of God. And then you can make it a public de declaration. Now, that it, it doesn't matter which order that comes in. You can get baptized in water first and then baptized through the Holy Spirit. It doesn't matter. But we see here that though on the apostles' heart, they wanted to make sure above all else that now you belong to Jesus, that you need to receive the Holy Spirit. You need the power of God in and through your life. We see the same thing in Acts chapter 19, when the first question that the Apostle Paul asked, asked the believers in Ephesus was, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you first believed? And there wasn't much debate about it in the early church. It was the natural next step. If you believe in Jesus, now receive the Holy Spirit, receive his power, receive God himself into your life, receive the power of God in and through your life. It was the natural next step. However, all these years later, these thousands of years later, there are many different viewpoints on this. And there's a lot of controversies about this subject. And, and many churches maybe don't believe this. Many churches maybe don't practice this. But I believe this is something the scripture teaches, that when someone gets saved, let's pray for people. Let's encourage them to receive the Holy Spirit, the baptism in the Holy Spirit. You know, it's hard to deny that, that that's a vital importance. It's hard to deny when we read it in scripture when we open up our hearts to scripture and say yeah that's what they did in the early church someone accepted jesus now we want to see them filled with the power of god you know i, I believe we're living in a time when people are longing for that people are longing to know and experience and encounter god in a new way people don't want to just turn up to church week in week out and and, and go through that the routines i know i don't want that but I, I, I long for the power of God in and through my life. I long to know the, the presence of God in and through my life. I long to know his direction and his help in and through my life. I long to see Jesus being seen in and through my life. And that comes when we accept the Holy Spirit, when we are baptized in the Holy Spirit. And you know, as I said, I believe, especially among young people, and you see it in, in a lot of churches today, young people are passionate. They're hungry for God. They long to know the power of God. They don't want to just sit in, in a church service. They want to be used by God to transform their schools, to transform their communities, to transform their homes. There's a hunger in our time and in our generation. 
for the power of God in our lives. You know, on the day of Pentecost, when Peter stood up, he addressed the crowd. He, he preached to over 3,000 people. But when Peter began preaching under the anointing of the Holy Spirit, he, he began to, to speak about the prophecy that was predicting the day when God would pour out his spirit upon all flesh. And we read it in, in Joel chapter 20, uh, 2, verse 28 to 29. This is what Peter used as his scripture. Then he said, and afterward, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit on those days. Now, this was an incredible prophecy that was given by the prophet Joel in his day. Because in the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit moved on chosen men and women. We see that he moves on chosen men and women. But jo Joel, he was prophesying of a time when the Holy Spirit would be poured out upon all believers, all who belonged to Jesus Christ. He was prophesying that there would be a day when those who were hungry and thirsting after God, those who longed for God, that God would pour out his spirit upon all flesh. No matter who you are, no matter where you're from, no matter what your background is, that God would pour out his spirit upon you if you believed in Jesus, if you accepted Jesus, and you hunger and thirst after him. And you know, that day came. That day came. It first started on the day of Pentecost. On the day of Pentecost, when that early church was birthed, the Holy Spirit came, the promise of the Holy Spirit came, and we see there that God poured out his spirit upon all flesh on the day of Pentecost. And you might say, that's fantastic. So that was that day. God poured out his spirit. What about today? Well, I believe that we're still living in that season of that promise, that God is still pouring out his spirit upon those who have accepted Jesus and those who are longing and hungering and thirsting after him. God is still pouring out his spirit. And you know, God is still pouring out the spirit upon all people. And that's the sixth point. That's the final point that we're going to come to this morning. In this, what is the baptism in the Holy Spirit? Is that the baptism, this is an experience that is for everyone. Not just young people, not just children, but for all people. I love how it says it there in Joel chapter 2, verse 8 to 28. It says, I'll pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. How many parents here are longing to see their children filled with the Holy Spirit, prophesying, moving in the gifts of the Spirit? How many parents and grandparents are longing for that? I know I'm longing for that for my, for my brother, for my, for my cousins, for all our young people within this church, for our children. I'm longing for that. And so often as a church, we limit that, that God can't do that, but God longs to do that. He says there, I'll pour out my Spirit upon all your sons and your daughters. How many long to see a, a children's ministry that's packed with children ministering and moving in the power and the gifts of the Holy Spirit? I long for that. That is the vision of this church. We are believing for that as a church. We are believing and longing for that. But it's not just on children or young people. It says, your old men will dream dreams. So now, if you class yourself in that category this morning of an old man, then don't limit yourself because God wants to pour out His Spirit even upon you. It, the Holy Spirit isn't confined by age. This morning, if you hunger after God, God will pour out His Spirit upon you. You'll begin to dream dreams. It says your young men will see visions. If you, you're a young person this morning, begin to open up your heart to God, and God will give you a vision for your life, a vision for what He's called you to do upon the impact that you can make in society. 
something that you could never have dreamed of, something that you couldn't have believed for in and of your own strength. But if you open up your heart to God, God can give you that vision. That's the promise of God. It says, even on my servants, both men and women, that was controversial back in that time. Men were look, uh, women were looked down upon. But God was saying there's a time when God will pour out his spirit upon all flesh, no matter who you are. He will pour out his spirit. And we're still living in that season of that promise. You might say, why aren't we seeing that happening? Well, it comes back to us. Are we opening up our hearts to the Lord and asking the Lord and seeking the Lord? We might say, oh, well, I don't see God moving. Well, have you opened up your heart to allow him to move in through your life? That's how it begins. God is longing to, if we will just open up our hearts. This gift of the Holy Spirit is for everyone who belongs to Jesus. It's for everyone. You know, as a denomination, we as a group of people, as Pentecostal believers, we believe that the first sign of somebody being filled with the Holy Spirit is that they speak in tongues. But there's another group of people who would suggest that being filled with the Holy Spirit, uh, that you might be able to be filled with the Holy Spirit, but not you, you don't speak in tongues. And this second group of people believe that, that this gift of the Holy Spirit is for a, group, a certain group of Christians, but not for all Christians. And, and usually they base their opinions, they base this on what Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 14. They base it on these questions that Paul begins to ask in 1 Corinthians chapter 14. And, and I think it's important for us to know this morning, and we're going to look at that very briefly this morning. I think it's important for us to know from Scripture, based on Scripture. It's not because I'm saying that God has promised to pour out His Spirit upon all people. It's based on Scripture. And we believe, that based on Scripture, that God has promised to pour out His Spirit, not just on a select group of people, not just on pastors and elders and, and leadership teams. God has poured out to, a promise to pour out the Spirit upon all people who belong to Him. Uh, and it's worth looking at this morning what peop- why people think about this, why people think it's only for a select group of people and why others like us, we believe it's for all people as a church. And they base it on this, on this, on speaking in tongues. And we believe as a church, we believe as a denomination that there's the public gift of speaking in tongues. When God comes upon someone and anoints them in the public setting, in the church setting, and, and anoints them to, and gives a message in tongues, But we also believe that God has given each and every one of us who are filled with the Holy Spirit, he's given us that gift of speaking in tongues, which is that personal prayer language for us to begin to speak with God, to know God. Now, first of all, we must recognize and understand that that these gifts, uh, that the gift of speaking in tongues and then the interpretation of tongues, they work in tandem with one another. And they work in, in this corporate setting when we come together as a church. Now, when we come together and someone is, is speaks in tongues, as, we, as we've heard, even this morning, that somebody was anointed by the Holy Spirit and as God empowered them to speak and give a message in tongues, and then somebody interpreted that under the anointing of the Holy Spirit, the reason for that, that happens in the public setting, uh, set, uh, in this public setting, first of all, because it's designed to build us up as a church. That public gift of, the, of speaking in tongues is to build us up as a church, to encourage us into what God is saying, to bring edification and encouragement to the church. And that gift of being able to speak in tongues within church comes as the Holy Spirit determines. It's as He anoints us, as He empowers, that that will come through different people within the church. 
That doesn't mean that we, because we've spoken in tongues in church and someone's interpreted, that doesn't mean that we hold, that we have that gift and we, we're able to do that at all times. It comes as the Holy Spirit anoints. So it could be a different person at different times, but it says he determines for the purposes of the church. But you know what the disciples experienced on the day of Pentecost? It was not this public speaking of tongues. It wasn't them speaking in tongues to the 3,000 that were there and then they were waiting for interpretation. When the Holy Spirit came upon them on the day of Pentecost, it was a personal gift for them. And they began to speak in other tongues, but it was that gift for them. It was that prayer language for them that they begin to, might begin to pray and know God in a greater way and commune with God in a greater way. And that's different to the public gift of speaking in tongues because that private gift is not just for building, the building up of the church. That private gift that God has given us of being able to speak in tongues is literally a gift from God for you to enhance your prayer life, to encourage you in the gift of God. It's that prayer language that God has given us now that we're filled with the Holy Spirit so that we might commune with him and speak with him and begin to pray his will into being. That's what that gift is for. It's a different gift. You know, it says in Acts chapter 1 verse 4 to 5, and this will help us understand that personal gift of speaking in tongues. It says, on one occasion, while he was eating with them, Jesus gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my Father has promised, which you've heard, about me, which you've heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Now, I think it's significant in this verse that Jesus was given these words before he ascended into heaven. And he, he referred to this gift and the outpouring of the Holy Spirit in two specific ways. First of all, he told them that they were about to receive a gift that his father had told them about, that his father had spoken to them about. And secondly, he told them that it was a promise, that the gift of the Holy Spirit, being baptized in the Holy Spirit, was a gift from God. This prayer language would be a gift from God, but it was also a promise from God. It was a promise from God. And you know, Peter, he uses that same terminology uh, as we read it in Acts chapter 2. You can read it in, in verse, Acts chapter 2, verse 38 to 39. It says, Then Peter said to them, Repent, and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is to you and to your children and to all who are afar off, as many as the Lord our God will call. Now there's something important about Peter's word. He promises to the crowd standing before him. And he says that this promise is not only for you, for this crowd that's standing before him. This promise of the Holy Spirit is not just for you. But this promise is to you and your children. And to their children's children. And to their children's children. This promise for all who are believing in those who are afar off. As many as the Lord will call. So the promise of the Holy Spirit is not just for a select group of people. But it is for all people. All who long for, for God. And you know, you're saying it there on that day of Pentecost. And he wasn't just saying it's for your children. But it's for us today. That promise of the gift of the Holy Spirit and knowing the power of God in our life is for us today. Not just them back then, all those years ago. It's for us today. The promise of the Holy Spirit was not just for those in the Welsh revival, but it's for us today. The promise of the baptism of the Holy Spirit was not just for those who, are, uh, those who began this church and were kicked out of Gwau because they began to speak in tongues. It wasn't just for them. 
is for us today if we would open up our hearts to the Lord and receive that for, for it is wherever God has called. You know, it's important for us this morning to realize that, that God hasn't just chosen us. He hasn't just saved us, but he's called us. He's called us to be his people, to be his hands and feet. He hasn't just saved us so we might sit in a row in church week in, week out. He has called us so that we might go into this world and make a difference for him, to spread the good news of the gospel, the, to be empowered by his spirit. I love what it says in Romans chapter 8, verse 13. And having chosen us, he called us to come to him. And when we came, he declared us not guilty, filled us with Christ's goodness and gave us right standing with himself and promised us his glory. You know, some people have a hard time believing that the baptism in the Holy Spirit is for everyone. But as we read there, it's for all of us who are called, who are accepted by him, who have been chosen by him. It's for each and every one of us. So if you're called by God this morning, if you belong to Jesus Christ this morning, then the baptism in the Holy Spirit is for you. If you belong to him, it is for you. You know, some of the early church, like I said, even the early church believed it. Some of the early church believed it was for a select group of people. The early church, some of the early church believed it was just for the Jews, those who were the chosen people of God. But we see in Acts chapter 10, where uh, Peter, he's preaching. And it says in Acts chapter 10, verse 44 to 46, while Peter was still speaking the, these words, the Holy Spirit fell upon all those who heard the word. And those of the circumcision who believed were astonished. The Jewish people were astonished. As many as came with Peter because the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles also. For they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. So even back then, people had a hard time believing that it was just, it, it, was, it was for everybody. The baptism in the Holy Spirit was for everyone. Even then, they thought it was just for the Jewish people. And when Peter was preaching, God had convicted Peter. And when Peter began to preach, the Holy Spirit came upon all people who were there, the Jews and the Gentiles. That means those who weren't, didn't belong, those who weren't Jews. It fell upon all people there. And they began to move, they began to speak in tongues, they began to magnify God. And so that's the final point for us about understanding the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Is the baptism in the Holy Spirit is for everyone. And even this morning, that should fill us with great joy. It is for all people. It's not for a select group of people. It is for all people. What joy is that, that each and every one of us can know, the can receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit, but also that we can know the power of God in and through our lives. That God wants to fill us. That God wants to use us. That he wants to empower us to be his witnesses. I don't know about you, but that brings great joy to my heart. God wants to use somebody like me, even here in Abraham, that might seem like the middle of nowhere, that nobody knows about. God wants to empower each and every one of us to be effective witnesses, to change our community for his glory, for his honor, to change our homes, to change our workplaces. If you have a relationship with Jesus this morning, then that promise extends to you. You can receive that, the gift of the Holy Spirit this morning. You can know the power of God this morning. If you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior this morning, you don't have to try and navigate your, your life on your own. You don't have to try and work out this Christian life on your own. You don't have to try and discover, is this God's will for my life? Or is this God's will for my life? But thank God this morning that God has sent his Holy Spirit to empower us, to live this Christian life, to direct us in all areas 
to lead us, to guide us, to give us all that we need. He has given us the Holy Spirit, this incredible gift of the Holy Spirit, that we might grow deeper in our love for God and our relationship with God, but also that we might know and live out this Christian life for him in a powerful, effective way, and live out this life as he has called us to. And it's available to each and every one of us who belong to Jesus. So I pray that that would be an encouragement for us this morning. The baptism in the Holy Spirit is for everyone. Not a select group of people, but if you belong to Jesus, if you open up your heart to him and you seek him and you and believe in him, you can know the baptism. You can receive that gift and receive that promise. Amen. Shall we pray? Amen. Maybe you've come here this morning and maybe you've never received the Holy Spirit. Maybe you've you've come here and you've heard about the baptism in the Holy Spirit and you long for that. Then I encourage you, keep seeking the Lord. Ask him, Lord, fill me. It's not just for a select group of people, it's for you. God has promised it for you, for your life. He has promised the Holy Spirit for your life. If you'll open up your heart to him, if you will seek, then you shall find. You ask, you shall receive. Knock and the door will be open. God longs to give you his Holy Spirit help you live this Christian life and for you to be an effective witness. Just open up your heart to him now. Call upon him. Ask him to fill you this morning. Right now where you are. And maybe you, you do belong to Jesus and maybe you have received the Holy Spirit. But maybe you're finding that your life is just going a bit dry. Your walk with God has gone a bit dry. You feel a bit empty. You feel a bit lost. I encourage you this morning. Just ask the Lord to fill you anew. To fill you once again with his Spirit. To empower you once again that you might live this Christian life, that you might know him and his will for your life, that you might be an effective witness for him. Lord Jesus, we thank you this morning for the Holy Spirit. We thank you that you have not left us on our own, but you have sent the Comforter, the Holy Spirit, to come, not only to confirm that we belong to you, but also to empower us to live this Christian life, to live and shine for you. And Lord, I pray for us as a church, Lord, for myself, Lord, Lord, would you fill me anew? Would you fill us anew as a church? Lord, would you empower us once again? The Lord, we might not be live out this Christian life in a religious way or in a man-made way, but Lord, that we might be led by you. Lord, that we might enter into your will, that we might see your will being done, that we might see lives transformed, Lord, all around us, that we might know your will for our lives. Lord, empower us again, I pray. Fill us again. Holy Spirit, we welcome you this morning. Come. Fill us, we long for you, we are thirsty for you this morning. We need you, Holy Spirit. Lord, come and fill us so that you would be glorified in us through our lives, that you would be seen, and that many would come to know you as a result. Fill us and empower us again. Lord, we thank you for this promise, we thank you for this gift, and Lord, we thank you, and we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I encourage you to seek the baptism in the Holy Spirit. That's what we're longing for, and that's what we're believing for as a church. You know, as I shared at the beginning of this year, we are believing for a year of power. That's what God has laid on my heart, that this year would be a year of power. You might say, yeah, we haven't seen much of the power of God yet, but I believe it still will be. I believe in the days and the weeks to come that we'll see the power of God move in an incredible way in and through us as the people of God. And you know, as, as a church, and as I, I'm praying and believing and longing for breakthrough. I don't know about you, but I'm longing to see breakthrough within this house. I'm longing to see salvation. 
It's gone on far too long for, you know, we, we need to see salvation as a church. I long to see baptisms. I long for it to become a regular occurrence where we're seeing salvation, disciples being made, baptisms. I'm longing for that. I'm believing for that. I'm believing for loved ones. You know, we've prayed as a church to see households saved, but it's gone on far too long. I'm believing and trusting in God. And we need as a church, I believe with all my heart, if we're going to see breakthrough, it's not going to come through clever ideas. It's going to come through as the Holy Spirit empowers us as the people of God as we open up our lives and surrender our lives to Him. But it's also going to come through prayer. Through prayer and fasting. If we're going to see a real spiritual shift, I believe this with all my heart, then we as a church, are going to, we're going to need to pray. And as we pray, we're asking God to come. We're inviting the power of God. We're making room for God to come and say, God, we need you. You know, Easter is coming up, and it's an opportunity for us to, to invite many people. We're going to host a family day just before Easter again as a church. But we long to see salvation. We long to see lives impacted. And that comes as we invite and as we make room for God to come. And so as a church, we're going to do something bold. We're going to do something, something that God's laid on my heart. We're going to do 21 days of prayer and fasting. I can see some of your faces. You're like, are we going to have to fast for 21 days? Are you serious? Uh, I, maybe not for the 21 days, okay? But as a church, something that God has laid on my heart is that we need to see breakthrough, spiritual breakthrough uh, within our own lives and within the lives of others. And so we're going to do 21 days of prayer and fasting. And this is going to start on March the 10th, as you can see on the screen behind me, all the way through to March the 31st. So that's next Sunday. Some of you have already worked that out. Next Sunday, we're going to begin our 21 days of prayer and fasting all the way through to the end of the month. And we're going to pray about a variety of different things over those days. And uh, if you've already been on our website over the last few days, you would have seen already that this is already up on our website. And I put a list on what we're going to focus on as a church and we're going to pray for, because we're going to do this together. It's not going to just be myself or, or Paul as the leadership team of the church praying. I want to encourage each and every one of us to join in this. We're going to pray together as a church, united together as a church. And we're going to pray for different areas. And so on the website is a, a list of 21 things that we, uh, a list of things that we're going to pray for each and every day. Uh, we're going to pray through those things together. Now, I know some of you here are like, Pastor Luke, I'm not on the internet. I don't, know, I don't have a clue how that works. So how am I going to access this? How am I going to know what I'm going to need to pray for on these specific days? Well, next Sunday, I'm going to provide, uh, provide that for us. I'm going to print it out for us. And it's going to be due next Sunday for us to see so that we all know what we're going to pray for each and every day. So we're going to pray for this in our own personal prayer time. Every single day there's going to be a prayer focus like praying for the nation because our nation needs prayer at the moment. Praying for families because our families need prayer. Praying for our community because our community needs prayer. There's going to be all these different things that we're going to pray for as a church. And as I put there as well, we're going to be fasting as a church. Now, does that mean that we have to give up food for 21 days? Well, the reason that we do that, the reason that we are fasting is not so much just so we can lose weight ready for the summer to get a beach body. It's not all about that. <laughs> the reason that we are fasting is not to lose, it's, it's nothing to do with the physical. The reason we are fasting and humbling ourselves before God is because we want to grow closer to God. We want to become more sensitive to God. And when we humble our flesh, we begin, it opens up our heart to God. It opens up our spirit to hear from God. And we begin to enter into a new spiritual dimension as we fast. And so we're going to fast over these 21 days. And on the website, and then again next week, I'm going to provide it for us. There's going to be a different, uh, there's going to be a list of different ways that you can fast over these next 21 days. 
So there's things like the Daniel fast, where you're going to just fast on maybe water and vegetables and fruit. You're going to just eat that for those 21 days. It might be a liquid fast. Maybe you're just going to blend up all your food and just drink it for the ne- or whatever for those next 21 days. It might be that you want to fast on a Wednesday. Maybe you're going to say, uh, as a church, we're going to say a Wednesday. We're going to fast for the whole Wednesday. Maybe it might be every day you're going to fast at lunchtime. You're going to miss a lunch and you're going to pray and spend time during that lunchtime to pray over these things. Maybe you do want to do the 21 days. Maybe you want to fast media or television for the 21 days just as a way to cut off. So you're going to say, God, I'm going to give you these 21 days because I'm going to give you these days because I'm going to believe a breakthrough in all these areas, in my situation, in the situation of the church. That is why we are fasting and praying for these 21 days. So that, I know it's a bit of a long announcement. I know you might be a bit confused by all this, but we're going to fast for these 21 days. That doesn't mean we're going to come to church for these 21 days. We're going to fast and pray in our own private times, in our homes. And in our connect groups, uh, there's going to be an opportunity to receive encouragement on a Tuesday night. We're going to be encouraged around prayer and around fasting. Okay, So connect groups are still going to go on for these 21 days. The programs and ministries is going to carry on for these next 21 days. But it's for us to, to do as a church, in our own private and personal time, every day we're going to pray about a different thing. And we're going to fast and we're going to believe for God for breakthrough. I don't know about you, but I'm believing in faith. I'm believing for breakthrough. We're not doing 21 days because it looks good or sounds good. We're doing 21 days because God's laid it on my heart because I'm longing to see breakthrough. Breakthrough in so many different areas. So I encourage you. I'm not forcing you to do this. Okay, but I'm going to encourage you. Would you join us as a church in believing for breakthrough? I'm going to be praying for you. We're going to be praying over these 21 days. I'm going to be fasting in these 21 days as well. Don't worry, your pastor doesn't get away with it. I'm going to be fasting as well because I long to see breakthrough. Breakthrough in my home. Breakthrough in unsaved loved ones. Breakthrough in my workplace. Breakthrough in our community. Breakthrough in this church. I'm longing to see breakthrough. And I'm going to commit these 21 days to prayer and fasting to believe God that he's going to intervene and he's going to move and we're going to invite them to come. So would you join us as a church? Next Sunday, right the way through to March the 31st. Jump on the website. You can see all the different things. Gateway Church Cumbria.co.uk. And next Sunday, or even by this evening, I'll provide us with some things, uh, with a list of what we're going to pray for every day and different ways that you can fast. I hope that's okay with everyone because we're going to believe God's going to move. That's why we're here, believing that God's going to move. Amen. And just another announcement for us this morning. This Tuesday, no connect groups. We are in St. John Baptist High School as a church, and we're going to see the Watoto Choir. And uh, Ellen has 